If you stole all of Mystique's furniture, did you happen to see if her carpet matches her curtains? Welcome to episode three of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the beginning of February 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my Moo Juice, Patty. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at Mutant Musings. Can you stop looking at porn for like 30 seconds and just give us a follow? What? No, don't show us the porn. I don't want to... Wait, what are you... Whoa, that's not supposed to go in there. Dude, X out of that. Just go to Twitter and Instagram real quick. Hang hang on, is she climbing inside of it? She can't be. Wait, are you into this? Obviously not, but I just want to see if she can fit. Uh... Ew. I wonder if she's going to live in there now. Please follow us on social media and please do not show us porn. And speaking of stretching, stretch out your vocabulary by learning some new words on this podcast. Cock rock, cunts ass class. Broaden your understanding of the English language by joining seemingly innocuous words together with vulgarity. Penis genius, dick picnic, testicle receptacle. But if you're already thinking about ducking the fucking... You shaft-dodging fuck-ducker. There's your explicit content warning. Shaft-dodging fuck-ducker. That's a good one. I like that one. I'm proud of that. I forgot I wrote that. So this is a nice reminder. Surprise for everyone today. How you doing, Patty? I'm doing good. Whatever we say now isn't going to be relevant when this actually comes out. Well, that's why we don't talk about current events. All the current events are bad anyway. I mean, like, why would we want to talk about current events? I'm sure by the time this comes out, like, shit's still not going to be fucking beautiful. I don't know. You're playing uh, You're playing Octopath Traveler still for the past five months and 252 hours. You've yeah, been playing. I am not as slow at video games as you are. I'm almost done with it. Whoa, what? <laughs> a really good game and i would recommend it to anybody who likes jrpgs yeah and it's got a it's got a octo in the name octopath so that means that must mean that there's tentacles in the game am i right yep because that's what octo means octo means tentacles yes (laughs) yeah that's that's what octopus is and that's that's where we get the tentacles and hentai from octopus tentacle puss that's what i'm saying this has been riveting so far. Let me just <laughs> chug more monster. You're saying that I'm slow at video games? Why? Because you've been playing Final Fantasy IV for like two years now. But I mean, in my defense, I've already beaten that game like a couple of times in my life. I'm just taking it slow and savoring it on this <laughs> run through. It might be, Patty, for all I know, it might be the Final Fantasy. You know what I mean? So... I might as well enjoy it while while it's there. Well, you know it's not the final one because there have been, what, 11 more since then? Oh my god. All right, <laughs> fucking spoilers, whatever. I don't do video games like, like you people out there do video games. I'm not much of a gamer. I'm just not. I like writing, okay? You're slow at writing, Patty. Huh, how does it feel? How does it feel when you get called slow at something? You're a slow I, writer. I don't care because I hate writing. <laughs> Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, all right. So, so yeah, we got uh, we got some cartoons that we're gonna talk about. We're still in season one, and the first one is season one, episode six, and it's entitled Middleverse. This came out at the beginning of two thousand one. 
which is 20 years ago. Ugh. For you people. Ugh. Yeah, I know. So here's Don't a thought. say that. That makes me feel really weird. What? <laughs> what? Why? Oh, because that doesn't seem like that long ago. I was alive then. Yeah, I was alive. Th- what the fuck? Yeah, I was alive then too. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you were alive then. And you're not like, <laughs> you're not like 19. <laughs> that'd be weird. But, but you want to hear something crazy? So, okay. So the day we're recording this, it doesn't matter to the listeners, but the day we're recording this, today is my dad's birthday, right? Oh, happy birthday, dad. Yeah, I guess. I don't I don't really see him or talk to him, but uh so he turns 54 today. Uh because my parents were young when I was born. So, so you ready, Patty? I remember when my dad was your age. How do oh you like Oh my that? god. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, that's think about, that's think, gross. What? Ima- imagine having an 11-year-old. <laughs> no. Ew. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's ew. Uh, no, don't yeah. even. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a good episode, y'all. We're off to a great fucking start. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that was that was not my thought. So so my thought was the term middle verse. So here's here's where my mind went, right? So you got your tops and you got your bottoms, right? <laughs> that's 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 how physics works, right? Tops and bottoms. Yeah. yeah, but then you've got the verses who, you know, transcend the laws of physics, right? <laughs> Tell me more about gay sex, Jonathan. <laughs> Everybody's got their thing, right? You know? You know what I'm saying? Uh but I'm just I'm just saying there's tops and there's bottoms, right? And so verse, right? Verse means you're kind of like a switch hitter. So if we're talking about a sex sandwich, the verse is in the middle, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You see what I did? Middle yes. verse. Yeah, that took too long to get to the punchline, but I'm not editing that out. I don't give a <laughs> shit. That's staying just the way it is. I don't give a fuck. All right, anyway. No, that was that was a great discovery. Yeah. I'm glad your brain led us on this journey. Yeah, that's what we do on this podcast. We occasionally talk about the X-Men, um, but also do stupid bits. All right. Anyway. All right. So, so this episode opens with the kids are at school and they're talking about Duncan is going to have a party and Scott doesn't want to go. But more than that, he doesn't like how, how others, how, how the other kids might go. Like Kitty wants to go, but she can't go because she's a freshman and freshmen aren't allowed. But like Kurt wants to go and Scott doesn't want them to go because he's, he's concerned. He's a party pooper. And in the middle of all this, Spike ask somebody if they're going to finish that moo juice because back in January of 2001, that's what we were calling milk. The term (laughs) milk didn't originate until the past decade. Y'all we used to call it moo juice. It was printed right on the fucking bottle. I got some of them saved in my basement. I'll take a picture and I'm going to post it. Y'all see, we used to call it moo juice. Am I Um, right? Okay. So I thought that he said moon juice and I was (laughs) thinking of that. Um, Okay, so it was in that show You. I don't know if you remember, but when he got high, he's like, oh, man, I want some moon juice. Um, And then I heard on a podcast that I listened to that it's that actual, like, real, like, hipster thing in L.A. or something. Yeah, there's a place called Moon Juice, yeah. And you thought that 
This was they, moon juice, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. this must have been before that place opened." Yeah, I just misheard. Because Spike from X Men Evolution was a hipster drinking yes. moon juice. Yes, before it was happening. even created. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you claim to have a bad memory. I think you just conveniently forget things a lot. I Patty. told you, I only remember <laughs> things that are nonsense. Yeah, great, thanks. But, okay, so anyway, so Kurt really wants to go to the party, and he jumps up on the table, and he starts doing a cute little dance. But then his tail pops out, and, you know, Scott Scott grabs it and pulls him down to sit down. And starts, like, berating him. And, like, Kurt's like, you literally just pulled my tail, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of fucked up when you, when you think about it. Like, no, but... Scott's yeah. like that guy on a diet that gets mad if you eat a donut in front of him. And he's like, no, I'm on a diet. You can't have that donut. And you're like, no, Scott, I'm not on a diet. You're on a diet. And he's like, and then throws your donut on the ground. (laughs) Patty, that sounds like something you would do. Throw someone's donut on the ground. I mean, it depends. I threw a lemonade on a bitch once. (laughs) Threw a lemonade on a bitch. All right. I was like 10. I can't believe I never told you this story. I just thought about it. All right. I'll oh, let's go on this journey. Let's go on. Come on. Come on. I took you on a verse <laughs> journey. We might as well go on the lemonade journey. <laughs> it was like this girl was being mean to me at my brother's hockey game. And she like took this headband that my mom gave me and threw it in the garbage. And I got really mad because my mom gave me that and it was my mom's. And She's like, well, you can just take it out of the garbage if you want it so bad. And I just took her lemonade and just spilled it on her head. That's amazing. And then she was like, you can't wash lemonade out. It stains clothes. And I'm like, good. That sounds like a you problem. (laughs) Should have thought about that before throwing my headband in the garbage. Yeah, looking a little sour, Sarah. Huh? (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good for you. I'm proud of you. All right. Anyway. Yeah, so Kurt's uh, image inducer starts to short out, and he's teleporting, like, out of sight of everyone, and he goes right through these doors that clearly say, stay out. Suddenly, this recording pops up, and there's this dude. I think he said here that it was, like, 1978 or something. Yeah. But it says that the lab is going gonna, is gonna to self-destruct. And and it does. It explodes. And and Rogue uh Rogue finds him. He's okay, but everything in the lab is destroyed except for some funky looking science doohickey. And then <laughs> Rogue picks it up and then Kurt tries to pull it away from her and then it zaps him and and he disappears. Kurt is in school, but like everything is foggy and people are walking around and he can't touch them. And so Rogue is really freaked out and she she, you know, doesn't know what to do because Kurt just disappeared. She doesn't want to get in trouble, obviously. So she takes this fucking contraption and goes to throw it out, but Toad catches her. And she says something about how she zapped Kurt with it. And Toad gets excited. He's like, oh, yeah, you toasted... She, she just said, like, oh, there's one less X-Men to worry about now or something. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you toasted one of those goody goods with it? And then so, of course, Toad starts fucking with it. And he zaps the dumpster away. Um, <laughs> so, so Toad's going to have fun with science now. Really, I could have watched an entire episode of Toad having fun with science. Because that came back later, and it was hilarious. But anyway, Gene and Scott are talking, and Gene is trying to convince Scott to apologize to Kurt. And then some kids run out of the bathroom, 
and they yell about seeing some uh, some blue fuzzy demon. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that's not what I see when I go to the bathroom. There are no blue <laughs> fuzzy demons. There are a couple of things that I could say that I, I stopped there myself. There were other fuzzy demons. There, oh, man. All right. There's a one-eyed snake. You know what? Never mind. All right. Yeah. Oh, did you see? This is probably old news when this comes out. But in that cyberpunk game, there's yeah. a glitch now for PS4 and uh, Xbox that people's dicks are too big to fit in their pants. Wait. <laughs> so there's Wait. literally, what? yeah, there's pictures of it. People took screenshots because you can customize your genitals, right? That That's like the thing that's been going around for a while and why what? this game got so much hype. Yeah, you can give yourself like two dicks and a, a vulva and... Uh, what the fuck? And boobs. Yeah. So apparently, like, because you can change the setting on how big your dick is and some some of them are like phasing half of their dick through the pants <laughs> yeah i mean that's the dream right it's fucking hilarious why who the fuck why would you want why would you want two penis well you know i never really i never really I thought about that, that. actually I really thought about what that'd be like having two. But then, okay, no, 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 no. I call bullshit about having two penises, right? Because Unless you can add more arms and hands. Because I need one hand for one penis and the other hand to click the mouse for my computer. So you can't have two penises unless you can grip them both with one hand. There's so many logistics to go into this. And these people just threw this fucking video game out there. That's stupid. I'm not playing that game. Patty, <laughs> I don't like the sound of this game. I don't like what it's doing to you. All right. If I don't even have the game. Fine. So Scott asks uh Scott asks Jean to locate Kurt and she can't. She's like it's 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 like he doesn't exist because she can't read him anywhere. And so Scott thinks that the Brotherhood did something with him. So, you know, Scott and Jean almost get into a fight with Fred and Lance. And that was dope. That was really badass. I was ready for them to throw down. And Lance is like, back off, Red, or I'll rock you. And that's not like the, that's, that's only the first of two times that he says I'll rock you in this episode. Uh, <laughs> anyway. He needs to uh, come up with a better catchphrase. Yeah. But then uh, Principal Darkholm is like, you know, what is going on here? She takes Scott and Gene to the office. And, and it is hilarious. It's hilarious when... They get into the office because before they before uh, Dark Home opens the door with the kids, Toad is in there zapping all of Mystique's furniture. <laughs> he's got the fucking doohickey and he's just zapping the de- chair. See the chair? Don't see the chair. See the desk? Don't see the desk. He's just making everything disappear. And then when he hears her coming, he hops out the fucking window and he does it to the car too. It was amazing. Yeah, because she was she was being a bitch to him earlier in this episode about oh him God. eating bugs in the staff parking lot. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll show you." Yeah, it was so good. And so, she's just and she, like, "Where is my furniture?" Yeah, it was. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it so much. You know, but Scott and Jean realize that Toad has something to do with this. So, so you get all the X Men chasing after Toad. But in the meantime, you know, Kurt's walking around the little foggy school trying to figure out what's what's going on. And uh, and he sees a guy from the video, like, like actually in front of him. And he says his name is Forge. And so it's a little different. Like, he, he does look native. Uh, he's very young. You know, he's high school age. He was but, a baby. 
Yeah, but he can morph his arm into like machines. Uh, yeah, which I'm I'm fine with. Like I it- thought, I, I mean, okay, I I justified it in my head, saying that his arm was a price a prosthetic, mm-hmm. and it just had like skin colored on the outside. Okay. So that- it could like morph like that and stuff. I don't know. That's that's the explanation I gave in my head. That's probably like I don't know. I guess that's what they did for comic fans. So you can interpret it your own way. I didn't assume that that was his actual arm. And you say you're not creative. That's a load of shit. I am shit, not. Daddy. You just came up with such an awesome explanation for that that I didn't even think of. Yeah. So so Kurt and Forge are talking. And Forge says that that doohickey is a trans-dimensional projector. It was for a science fair project. Accidentally zapped him, and he calls this Middleverse, where he's stuck. And he's been stuck there uh, since 1978. And that they're going to need help to get out of there and get get back to the other side. And so you see Kurt looking at the girls' locker room. And he asks Forge where this where this stops. And Forge is like, it stops just short of the girls' locker room. Isn't that a burn? <laughs> My good, don't be a fucking, don't be a peeper. Don't be a peeper. Like They that both movie. thought about it. So the X-Men get the projector from Toad, and, uh, you know, Rogue comes to help Toad to stop all the X-Men from kicking his ass, because, you know, Rogue owns up to it that it's, it was her that zapped him. The, she takes the, the kids to the, the fucking basement lab that got blown up, and somehow Kitty and Spike figure out these fucking technical computer terms, how this projector works. And then Scott suggests destroying it. Stand back. I'm going to use full power. This could get messy. Kitty's like, I could just phase through it. What's with boys and explosions? Like, uh, whatever. And then they all looked at her. And she's like, okay. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You do it then. Yeah, shoot your big load, Scott. Shoot your big load (laughs) from your your head. Okay. Yeah, so, so Forge figures out how to get Kurt back for like a second. He's got what looked like a couple of AA batteries. And I guess 1978 AA batteries were super fucking powerful. They could, you know, cut through dimensions. Only for one second. Only for one second, though. Uh, And Kurt's worried. He's like, okay, I'm only going to have a second. But, like, you know, my friends think that, like, I'm a clown. And they may not believe me. You know, I have a reputation. Kurt manages to come back so everybody can hear him for a second. And and the, the kids need to reset the trans-dimensional projector, not destroy it. So Kurt says, reset, don't destroy. But really all you can hear is reset, don't. So Spike is like, reset, don't. Don't reset, blow it up. And Scott's like, no, we should reset it. Uh, Yeah, smart. And Spike's Scott- like, you you believe that clown? Yeah, Scott's got his thinking visor on. He got the message, smart. So so Scott resets it and uh and Forge and Kurt start coming back but then the brotherhood comes for Rogue and then everybody starts fighting and I loved it. The the battle the battle was really great. It was a lot of fun to watch. Lance makes another rocky pun and then something about riding on some fucking concrete roller coaster or something. Yeah. And... <laughs> great. Kurt and Forge find a car. They get the car going. They drive the car through the gate. Yeah, that was and, uh, Mystique's car. Yeah, they drive Mystique's car through the gate, goes through the portal. Everybody's back, and uh, the car runs right into the blob. And then so the Brotherhood gives up, and they walk out. And Rogue, you know, leaves the X-Men behind. She decides to go with the Brotherhood again. And so, you know, like, 
The X-Men invite Ford to the Institute, but he wants to go see his parents. He's like 20 years late for curfew. Like, I can't fucking imagine this poor kid. I just, I can't, can't imagine that. It's like being, like, think about that. Like being stuck in a coma for 20 years. And not even, like, he he lived somehow. I don't know what he ate, if he had to eat. 20 fucking years. Jesus Christ. It's like being in prison, but also you don't age. Yeah, better analogy. You but also, he was stuck in a high school, so it's like being stuck in high school prison. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Ugh. High school for 20 years? Gross. Except Ugh. you're more invisible than you ever were before. God, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Fucking with the read on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so so Scott Scott feels bad for coming down on Kurt so hard about Duncan's party, and he literally says, my bad. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe I take things too seriously. And Gene and Kitty, like, can't believe it. Somebody take his temperature. I can't believe Mr. Military is going soft. Kurt is like, it's okay. I could probably dial down the goofing a little. And so Scott's like, what do you say we go home and run a level three training session? Psych. And he points. He points when he says, he says, psych. Oh my God. Because that's his name. You remember? Yes, it is. It is his name. It's a double entendre. You remember when people used to say psych? Yeah. Yes. Do you really? Yes. Because I do. God. I used to say that all the time. Oh, my God. Me too. Oh, fuck. So good. And God. then there was that show psych. I love that show. Oh, God. 2001 was such a good year. Am I right, everyone? Right. Oh, <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know. I'm not cutting that either. <laughs> no, but this this was um, you know this was an okay episode. I mean, I like the dynamic it gave between Scott and Kurt. You know, in the first episode, it was like really sweet. Uh, how Scott was like so welcoming to Kurt, but at the same time, like you could tell that. Like, over the course of a couple of episodes, that Kurt is, like, a little bit of a goofball. And we know that Scott's a Boy Scout. And, and he, he for the most, I, 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 he's not exactly like he was in the comics. But he still has those tendencies in this cartoon. And so I like that dynamic between Scott and Kurt. Uh, it, was, it was dialed up a lot for this episode. You know, because it, it, you know, served the plot. You know, Kurt worried that his friends aren't going to listen to him because of him being such a goofball or whatever. But I thought, I thought it worked and really like out of anything, I think my favorite part of this episode though was, was Toad zapping, oh, all, of Mystique's, zapping all of Mystique's shit away. That was like laugh out loud, fucking funny. I absolutely love that. I I'm not sold on this, this whole, you know, rogue kind of like having this internal battle between whether or not she should go with the X-Men or not. Like she, she plays this like tough act, like so, so poorly though, like, you know, to Scott and Jean, like, well, you know, if you're not nice, you'll never see him again. Like lady, who are you fooling? Like, you're not that awful. You know, it's just, well, know. it's because of, uh, you know, that in an earlier episode when Mystique played all of the X-Men and made 
Rogue think that she was being attacked by the X-Men, but it was just Mystique chasing her in the disguise of the various X-Men. Yeah. I, I, so, I, so she thinks that they're, you know, like, out to get her, or there's something wrong with them, and they won't even, like, acknowledge attacking her in the past, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And, and like, you know, the thing with, like, Mystique kind of, like, you know, coming to her aid and protecting her, because she didn't, she doesn't know, at least yet, about any of, like, the deeper, like, the hidden agenda, I guess you could say, that Mystique has. That's why I see her trying to be so, like, anti, but, like, she obviously doesn't want to. She clearly wants to, like, be friends with these people, but she just doesn't know, like, who she can trust. No, I, 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 I get that. that. Those are all, like, you know, very valid points. I just, like, like when she tries to act tough to them, it just seems so thin and silly. But I guess maybe that's the point. Like, I, I know that she doesn't trust them, and I know why. But also, I'm, I'm thinking, like, you all just need to sit down and communicate. Like, that would solve They're so teenagers, many problems. They're teenagers, Jonathan. <laughs> Teenagers are the fucking worst. Oh my god. Why are we watching this show? <laughs> I was such a shit teenager. You have no idea. You people out there and even Patty, thank god. If you're a teenager, god, why are you listening to me? <laughs> I don't feel like I was that bad. Yeah. Like compared to what I could have been. Me. But I definitely <laughs> I definitely wasn't like uh I, I I was somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah. No, I know. Like legitimately not all teenagers are super fucking awful like I was. But I just think in, in general, a lot of teenagers are just are such shit. I, I don't want to sound like a fucking curmudgeon. <laughs> I do remember what it was like, you know? It's 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 not quite that easy, but I don't know. Uh but but yeah, I mean you know, other than that this episode was okay. I kinda like Forge. Um he was alright. To be honest, I don't know if he even fucking shows up again. I, I'm certain that he doesn't join the X-Men. Uh, he could show up again at some point, but I definitely don't remember. I feel like that'd be kind of a waste because this was kind of a neat little thing that they brought up here. He's probably got to go back to high school, right? <laughs> yeah, I would I would think, you know, you know, hopefully his parents are all right, you know. And his parents didn't spend his college tuition partying. Sell the house, <laughs> sell the house and move away. Right, he said, he said he only lived a few blocks from there. Like, yeah, fuck, oh, that's messed up. Anyway, I don't know. What did you think about this episode? Uh, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, like you said, the part with Toad was uh the best part of this episode, and her just fucking, uh, him just fucking with Mystique was fantastic. I thought it was really cool when he said his name was Forge, and I was like, ah, um, <laughs> which I I will probably get excited. Anytime there's any new character introduced, <laughs> I think that um, Avalanche needs to hire a writer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a little while before he gets any sort of like a actual development. But yeah, I hope the puns don't stop. Do you think the next time 1978 calls, maybe Forge shouldn't answer? Uh do you think Mr. Military goes commando? Yeah. This episode is over, folks. Psych. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Oh, 
Hey, you there! Don't be a square! Feeling a little distant from your interests? Wanna see what's the word, nerd? Give the old geek a tweak? Don't be a schmuck, Chuck! My name's not Chuck, you fuck! Stop wasting my time with your rhymes! I don't want what you're trying to sell me, unless it's free! Have no qualm! Just head over to geekade.com! Nothing can surpass geekade.com's articles and podcasts! So many geeky topics, geekade.com is iconic! Video games, comics, wrestling, horror, and more on geekade.com. I'll never be bored. And nothing holds a candle to geekade.com's YouTube and Twitch channels. Geekade.com sure is sweet. Geekade.com can't be beat. I can't believe you've got me rhyming. It's actually a serious medical condition and I'm dying. Don't delay. Check out geekade.com today. Yay. Yay. All right, so next we're talking about Season 1, Episode 7. Yay! Turn of the Rogue. Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, you love the Star Wars. I sure do love a Star War. And that's something everyone knows about Patty. Patty loves Star Wars. It's true. Patty's favorite person in the world is George Lucas. Mr. Star War. I really hope he doesn't die between now and the time this episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> or if he does, at least I remember to go back and edit that joke out. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So Turn of the Rogue, for the most part, this was a good episode. A really good episode for the most part. I did have a couple of of big problems with it, but... um. It opens with what's clearly a training session in the danger room because you see like the students trying to knock out Storm and Wolverine. So they're trying to get to what they think is is possibly Storm who's passed out. Kurt and Scott are trying to save her. And first of all, I call bullshit because Cyclops is missing his shots. But, <laughs> uh, but that hurts to see. Uh, but Rogue was part of the simulation and that was a surprise. And Scott's really upset. And, you know, Xavier is mad at him. Like, oh, you never stop a session unless somebody's injured. Uh, what? Shut up. Like, I get his point. It's for the element of surprise. Like, surprises are going to happen in battle or whatever. But but it was kind of kind of fucked up at the same time. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. And I was like, I was like, she's going to find out about this. She's going to be pissed. And then she, I, I thought she was going to find out about it, like, after she joined the X-Men and then be pissed and quit. Yeah. But, like, really, I mean, this is not taking into consideration, like, anything. I don't know. I, I think, you know, Professor Xavier is just really stupid all the time in every medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think lots of people could, could agree with that. Um, I mean, I get that they're, you know, wanting to be prepared for, for anything because technically Rogue is part of the Brotherhood. But at the same time, like... Like, you get this sense that they can tell that she's not, like, Lance or Fred, and that there's a possibility that they can turn the rogue, you know? Like, the title of the episode, right? Am I right? I'm right. But, so, to throw in something like this is is kind of fucked up. Um, and there should have been a discussion about this beforehand. But just as you said, she does find out. She does find out because as Scott and Jean, you know, are walking, are walking around uh, school... They're talking about what happens, and Principal Darkholm overhears it and tells Rogue, and Rogue is upset. 
you can see Rogue staring out the window at Scott and Jean being happy and like making jokes and touching and stuff. And Mystique is like, you know, he's never going to be your friend. I overheard them talking about the battle simulation. But, you know, then all of a sudden, Gene can't go on this field trip. They're having a field trip, belunking, as we do in high school. (laughs) I was like, this sounds incredibly dangerous for a high school trip. Yeah. They must have had to sign waivers. I did some dangerous shit in high school I wouldn't recommend, and I didn't sign any waivers, but... You know, it wasn't it wasn't sanctioned by the school. Uh, <laughs> it took my own field trips. <laughs> yeah, but and and it was funny too because the teacher that was taking them was like, "I better not see any game toys." <laughs> At first, I'm like, "What's a game toy?" And then you see them all taking Game Boys out of their pockets. <laughs> So and seriously, how how is that enough to make you take it out of your pocket? Because I would have just been like, well, I'm going to take it on the bus and play it. And then anytime <laughs> you try to look at what I'm doing, I'll just put it back in my pocket. God, you were a bad kid, Patty. Jeez. <laughs> I thought I was a bad teenager. Listen to you. Yeah, but suddenly, you know, so Scott and Gene are supposed to go spelunking. And now Gene can't go because of some some unapproved absences mysteriously brought up just in time. And so Rogue fills her spot. And then all of a sudden, Xavier gets a surprise visit from Magneto. Your young charges seem to be flourishing under your tutelage. Like, okay, buddy. Who talks like that? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, beast? Yeah, Beast, right? Uh, but Xavier's like, I trust my students with my life. And Magneto's like, but not with the truth. This was like so over fucking dramatic for what it was. Like, I didn't remember. I didn't remember this plot point. And I should have because it's so glaring. It's so glaringly obvious what this is in reference to. Uh, but this was like way too fucking over dramatic for, for what it was. Yeah, I was actually going to ask at the beginning of this episode, like, if any of them knew that the principal was Mystique. So it was funny timing because I was going to ask you this episode and my question would have been answered very quickly. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we got this episode when we did then. It's perfect fucking timing. So anyway, so so the fucking teacher the teacher is driving the bus by the way. The teacher, he teaches he teaches geology. Uh he's a spelunker and he drives buses. So this fucking teacher has quite the resume. He's uh, the uh he's the triple threat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a triple threat. Yes. Teacher, spelunker, bus driver. Why um, do you say it so weird? It's spelunker. There's an no. E in there. I want to pronounce the, the E as a speed. Okay. Why? Do you make fun of the way I talk, Patty? This is just my Jersey accent. All right. Don't okay. make fun of my Jersey accent. <laughs> You're from Jersey too. This is how we talk in Jersey. We say spelunk. No, we and, do. Oh my god. <laughs> Double entendre. That's how we say. Okay, things. Jonathan. You know what? Stop. Sp- stop spreading lies about us. <laughs> All right. So. So anyway. So the teacher. Teacher's not a very good bus driver because he almost crashes. But there's but, snow. Yeah. No. Oh. It's, it's a snowy mountain. Really. Like this is dangerous as fuck. I. I. I really like how you know Scott, like pushed the window up and blasted some of the snow to make it into like a cushion. So the bus didn't fall off like this fucking cliff. But at the same time, nobody noticed except for Rogue. Like, nobody on that bus noticed that. 
But, you know, whatever. So, so everybody's okay, but the bus is stuck. So the teacher is okay with everybody taking the ski-mobiles. <laughs> Jonathan, they're called snowmobiles. Snowmobiles. That's that's what I meant to type, not ski-mobiles. <laughs> well, they have skis on them, so I'm not totally wrong. <laughs> I didn't call them jet skis, at least. <laughs> yeah. It's, but this was hilarious. So, so, so here's the thing. I honestly don't remember at this point if there was supposed to be sexual tension between Rogue and Scott, but you could fucking, like, you could feel, you could feel the sexual tension between them here uh, before they decide to race. Rogue challenges Scott to a race, and each one of them is driving, and each one of them has a passenger that's like, no, no, God, no, please don't do this, please don't do this. Uh, up, like, this narrow, snowy, windy path up the fucking mountain. Yeah. Again, it's all in the waiver. It's all in the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, when when this teacher was making sure everybody packed their stuff on the bus, he's like, okay, make sure you have all your gear. You got your flashlights and your spike shoes and your ropes and your this and your pickaxe and whatever. I was like... What kind of fucking high school is this? This is like hundreds of dollars of gear. And they break out the fucking snowmobiles that they brought with them. I'm like, man, my school was fucking lame. Patty, don't forget the candles. He mentioned having candles in their in their gear. Because that's what you do when you go spelunking. When you get into your cavern, you light some candles. And then you, you meditate, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> your scented candles. Yeah, but then Rogue actually like tries to knock Scott off a cliff. Rogue tries to murder Scott Summers. I was not... And his passenger. <laughs> and his passenger. Yeah. And he uh, was like, man, she does not care what happens to us. Yeah. I'm like, bitch just tried to fucking kill two teenagers. Yeah, and instead of trying to tell the teacher, like, uh, listen, this this girl just tried to commit homicide. Uh, I'm going to pay up here. It's just, like, no big deal. It's just like, whoa, huh? So Rogue wanders off once they get inside the caves, and Scott goes and follows her and is, like, trying to find out what's going on with her. And she calls him out. She's like, I know I was a target during your simulation. And then their classmate, Paul, comes by and says, oh, everybody's looking for you. But but it's not Paul that's on the trip. It's Mystique. <gasps> It's Mystique, and she shows them that she's been the principal this whole time, and the professor has been hiding it. And then she pushes Scott off a cliff. Like, everybody is trying to fucking push Scott Summers off a cliff. This is high school! I mean, I would if I had a chance. And already, like, within ten minutes, like, people, two people have tried to murder this poor young boy by throwing him off of a cliff. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for this kid. Really. I would if it wasn't Scott. You would what? I I might feel bad for him if it wasn't Scott. Patty, don't take your hatred from one universe and bring it into this universe, all right? Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) This universe can exist separately without your hatred. Why do you hate people? I don't (laughs) understand. Uh... So this is supposed to be the principal. The principal of the high school pushes a child off the cliff. She's like Betsy DeVos. (laughs) 
No, that's a joke. Betsy, she, Mystique isn't as bad as Betsy DeVos. Let's be real. Yeah, that's, that that's be, true. That was messed up. Uh, all right. But Rogue is pissed at Mystique for doing this and grabs Mystique. And so now Rogue can see, because she's absorbing Mystique's memories, that Mystique tricked her and posed as the X-Men those few episodes ago. So now Rogue knows the truth. And then Rogue sees that Scott, thank fucking God, is hanging on to a cliff, like, I don't know, a bunch of feet down, but he's okay. And so this was neat. She turns into Mystique so she can be more, like, agile and jumps down and then grabs him and pulls him up. But I cannot believe this. So, right, so Mystique just tried to murder Scott, and now she tries to murder both of them. And considering we know what we know about Mystique uh, and Rogue, she pushes a boulder down to try to murder both Scott and Rogue. Like, this is nuts for a high school principal. God. Like, I hated the principal of my high school. But I will say, without hesitation, that that bitch never tried to murder me. (laughs) Uh, Alright, so the boulder doesn't kill them, thankfully, but they fall into this water, and then they, they come out onto, like, more rock. Scott's got this, like, big bump on his head. The X-Men know that, you know, there's trouble, so they're already taking the Blackbird. And, and so Mystique is still on them, though. So, like, like, Scott is barely hanging on to consciousness, and Rogue is trying to, like, keep him safe. And Mystique turns into a wolf, and she's, like, going to lunge at them. When Scott gets this reading that the X-Men are on the way, but they can't find him exactly where he is. So so Rogue takes off Scott's visor, so he blasts a fucking beam in the air, and they see it. So the X-Men come rescue both Rogue and Scott. And Wolverine says, Rogue, where's your allegiance, kid? Us or them? And Rogue is like, what are you going to, like, are you going to kill me or whatever if I don't? And uh, Rogue, uh, Logan is just like, no, that's, that's not our way. And Rogue decides to stay with them. And I was very happy about that. Like, fucking finally. Like, if you didn't need, like, any more convincing, like, this this bitch just tried to kill the both of you. Like, obviously she doesn't care. Um, but thank fucking God Rogue is finally where she belongs. And it was only a few episodes. And this wasn't drawn out for, for a long time. Like I said, you know, like, I, I your, your whole point about her being tricked, I get it. I just wasn't a big fan of, Rogue being in the middle and confused, not sure who to trust, and trying to put on this front. I am honestly, for me, this is just me. I'm happy that it was only a few episodes, and now she's with the X Men. Like, thank God. Um, and to your point, what you said before about you don't know if this is the first time that they were like flirtatious. Um, there was in the earlier episode they were doing like Romeo and Juliet or whatever. Oh yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not that this was the first time. It just meant like a, a reoccurring thing. I don't oh. know. Yeah, I don't know how long this went on for, to be honest. If this is a thing that's going to that's gonna go on for a while or if, if it was just abruptly dropped. You know, I mean, it, honestly, it's kind of cute. Like, like, I really like this rogue. Uh, I know, like, oh, Scott and Jean, you know, like, that's how things go. And I'm not saying that, like, it would be great if, Throughout this entire show, Scott and Rogue should be like a couple or something, you know? But I, I do think that sort of like flirt, like the flirtatiousness there, it's it's kind of cute. I like it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it too much because, you know, I know, yeah, Scott and Jean, you know, they're supposed to be together, but they're not together in this show. So it's OK that, you know, they're like flirtatious with other people. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can tell too, that there's like something there between Scott and Gene and, and, but yeah, like you said, they're not like officially together. So, so it's okay. Um, it's like the whole Gene and Duncan thing. Uh, yeah. and if I remember correctly, that, that, that does come back, I think. I'm sure it does. So the end of this episode, you know, obviously the kids now know that Principal Darkholm is Mystique. They're all calling Xavier out about it. It feels like this resolution was a little too simple, and I get it. You know, they all these kids live there. They're not going to be like, well, fuck you, Xavier. Get out. We're taking over the, the place now. You know, you have no home here. Was something that would that like happened in the comics because he wasn't honest with them. But still, it's kind of a big deal. But at the same time... You know, what was anybody, and I'm not defending Xavier, uh, but, like, what was anybody going to do about it? It's not like they're going to call the police. It's not like they were going to do anything about it, but just, like, knowing that you're going to school every day and your principal is a serial killer is better than not knowing, so you can at least, like, be cautious and also not believe anything she fucking tells you. Yeah, and not end up in a situation where you get pushed off of a cliff and the exactly. boulder shoved down on you. No, and that's why I'm saying I'm not defending Xavier. I- I'm not. They they should have known. It's just I'm trying to think about, like, what what they could have done. Because, you know, again, the students aren't going to all come together. Like, the X-Men students are going to come together and attack her. You know, mutants are still hidden away. Are they going to try to turn her over to authorities? No. Again, they're not going to call the cops. Cops are going to get killed. So there's not much that, any, that anyone can do except for, yeah, except for the students to be prepared. And so this is all like tied up really nicely at the, at the end. Everybody learned a lesson. You know, Xavier apologizes. He's going to try to do better next time. Rogue has learned that honesty is important. Everybody's like, aw. Uh, so this episode was, you know, it, it, it turned out good because Rogue joined them. I liked I liked most of the trip. Uh, for spelunking, uh, and the the fucking snowmobiles. I just thought it was ridiculous how murderous everybody was, <laughs> just how carelessly trying to push people off cliffs and push boulders on people. That I get doesn't it. Doesn't kill people. It's a cartoon, you know. It's superheroes, but at the same time, like, come on. What did you think about this episode? Uh, I really liked it. I I didn't like that Jean couldn't go on the trip. Meh. <laughs> um, she was looking forward to go. She even had her bags in the bus. No, but um, it was it was cute. Uh, I I'm glad that uh the rogue thing is finally over. I felt like when I was watching this when I was a kid, it felt like so long. Like, an, is it gonna happen or is it not gonna happen? Kind of thing. Yeah. That, like, watching it back to back, I'm like, wow, okay, that took, like, ten seconds for her to join. <laughs> I feel like it was longer in the comics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for that, I liked this. Uh, I thought, you know, the trip was cute. Um, I liked them kind of, like, confronting Xavier, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, that, that, was, that was great. And, I mean, the sentiment there was great. But like I said, you know, I mean, it, it was at the very end of this episode quick resolution where everybody finally talks about talks their feelings out and gets it out in like 60 seconds or less but no you're right them calling xavier out was was great they seem to all have a much healthier relationship in this show than they ever did in the comics and that's fine i'm fine with that all right but anyway last episode we're talking about season one episode eight spike cam so there were a couple of things that i i very much loved 
about this episode that were like unintentionally funny. Uh, and then there were a couple of things that were really awful about this episode. Tell me. Well, <laughs> Patty, this this show, I mean, this this episode uh, really crossed the line with voyeurism. <laughs> and, and a couple of scenes. It really did. Like, that. This, some behavior in this episode was never, you know, it's never okay to do that kind of thing. But I guess it was more acceptable to put it out in the media that people would consume 20 years ago. But just, no. Like, don't don't film people without their permission changing, you know? Like, I hope if you're listening to this, you're not the kind of person that does that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Just don't do that. So we got another Sabretooth episode. Patty, you ready for Sabretooth? Ready for All more right. Sabretooth? There's going to be, I bet you there's going to be some fighting. I bet you Sabretooth is going to fight Logan. You bet oh. that's going to happen? I was going to ask who he was going to fight. You think it's going to happen? I don't know. Let's yeah. see. All right. Oh, speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars program. Evan got a D on his report about the Star Wars program. Good job, Evan. The teacher was like, not the movie. Also, why was that like a current affair? Wasn't that from like the 80s? Yeah, but they probably wanted to make uh, a funny joke. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, you know, you couldn't make a joke like this if it was like, write a report on Reaganomics, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I thought you said Baconomics, so I, did a report on, <laughs> so I did a report on bacon. No, I said Reaganomics. No, both of those things are made up. Anyway, so so Evan wants to make it up. And so the teacher uh, says, so you can do this video report. And then the teacher in this high school full of minors pulls a digital camera out of his desk. And I don't know, that raised a couple of red flags to me. So so Evan has this digicam now. That's I guess, I guess that's what we called it 20 years ago, a digicam. I don't know. But he catches Kitty and Rogue arguing. And he's doing the fucking voyeurism thing, which is creepy. You don't, you don't fucking, you don't do that. No, I mean, okay. So this wasn't the worst instance of it. We'll, we'll get there. But like, oh, you see people arguing, you know, now might turn into a fight. People take out their phones and record. I, I get it. But at the same time, you know, Evan was doing that, but he was also kind of like hiding behind a fucking locker. Like, bro, you're being a fucking creep. So, so this dude comes by, Kitty bumps into him, all this stuff drops. His name is Jason. He's putting up flyers about this fucking Dracula play. And, you know, Kitty is acting all like... Flirty. Yeah, flirty. Like, oh my God, are you going to be, are you going to be in the play? (laughs) So, you know, Kitty wants to audition and Rogue is like, this play was made for me because it's a fucking Dracula play and Rogue is goth. Did you catch that? Because I caught yeah. that. It was hilarious. I love it. And uh, and then Rogue catches Evan recording them. I better not see my face on that tape or they're going to be calling you Spike less. Better not be on any of your talkie pictures. <laughs> I don't know if that was a southern accent, but that was definitely from the 1930s, Patty. <laughs> Back when they called them the talkies. Yeah, the talkies. Yeah, the- the talkies. Yeah, good for you. Good for you, Thanks. knowing your film history. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
So anyway, so yeah, so so Sabretooth is watching high school children commiserate after school, uh, and then he follows Evan, uh, and Evan is recording himself skateboarding, and uh, Spike, like, crash. he's skateboarding, he crashes, Victor manages to grab the camera and sees some footage of Evan recording the location of the school and Logan. So now Sabretooth knows where the Institute is and where Logan is. Good job, Digicam. And so this was my problem. So here's here's my problem. Okay, so Gene, this is a, a children's cartoon, right? Aired during, you know, children-friendly hours of the day. So Gene Gene is is fully clothed, but still, she's checking herself out in the mirror and holding up clothes, and it looks like she's trying to get an idea of what she's going to wear. And Evan is like outside the, the slightly cracked open door recording this this is not okay this is not okay this was never okay don't do this i i was like what the fuck is he like actually going to catch something on film and why is she not noticing she's psychic and i'm just very glad that she noticed and slammed the door in his face i probably would have done more to this stupid kid I would have, no, I would have been pissed. And I'm surprised that, like, you know, it wasn't a bigger deal that, like, Gene didn't tell anybody or Charles didn't find out or anything and, like, you know, disciplined this kid. It was kind of just like, oh, that was a funny thing that happened and now on to the next scene. Yeah, and, and you know, like, it's one of those things, again, like I said, like, I don't want to minimize it um, because... It's gross behavior now, and it was gross behavior 20 years ago. It was, it's gross behavior no matter what year you're in, but it was it seemed to be more acceptable in the mainstream than it I would like to think it is now, although I don't <laughs> I don't really watch too many shows and I sure as shit don't keep up on like cartoons. But and I I mean I I assume like I know that not like every writer of every episode of this cartoon was a dude. Um, but this is another instance where I would venture a guess that it was a dude writing. I could be wrong or that, you know, and, and the people who were okaying these decisions were just like, oh, ha, ha, whatever. Boys will be boys. Like, you know, a, a, like the instance of the girls changing room in middle verse, you know, was like borderline that because they brought it up and like trivialized trying to peep in the girls locker room because you're invisible. Like, oh, boys will be boys. Like, n- no. Teach your boys that peeping on girls in the locker room is not okay. Teach your boys that trying to peep on girls, like, changing their clothes and recording it is not okay. And she was mad. Like, she telekinetically threw him into the wall and slammed the door. But like you said, she should have done more. She absolutely should have done more than that. So this was gross, and I don't want to waste too much more time harping on how gross this was and just saying the same thing. But yeah, it was gross. But anyway, so then Evan decides uh, to go film Logan and Scott during an outdoor training session, which I thought was kind of dumb, to be honest, because clearly they're in costume and using their powers. Like Evan, like, okay, like maybe with some cool shots he can get, but he can't use them for his report. So I don't know why. And Aunt Ro already told him that he can't have any of the... uh you know, spike action going on in his video and that she had to review it and edit it. Yeah, so I thought that that was kind of... I thought so, too. I'm like, why is he even bothering to film them? 
But, you know, I mean, this serves to, to move the plot anyway, because obviously Logan catches Spike doing this and then, you know, erases the footage he just got, but then also watches the playback. And so when Evan crashed and Victor grabbed the camera, Victor left the message for Logan and Logan sees it. And Logan's worried now um, because whoop, Q Sabretooth, he rips the bars outside the mansion and, you know, comes running in and everybody is geared up to go fight him. And so this is hilarious because apparently Sabretooth is just about as unstoppable as a juggernaut and just about as unmovable as the blob because Storm zaps Sabretooth and that's not enough. He keeps coming. Scott blasts him and that's not enough. He keeps coming. Gene telekinetically lifts up a concrete bench (laughs) and just fucking like literally steamrolls him with it and he gets back up and then Storm zaps him again and Scott zaps him again like at the same time. Like it felt like this went on way too long. Like I know Sabretooth is strong. He's got the healing. But this took the combined might of Storm, Scott, and Gene uh, before he gave up. And like he wasn't even down for the count. He was just like fuck this and turned and ran away. And so then this is when Evan has an idea because he's worried now, right? Everybody's worried. Yeah, because Sabretooth has their home address <laughs> yeah. and can just show up anytime and kill the children. Yeah, exactly. So basically everybody's on lockdown, but Evan has this idea and we don't know it at first, but basically it's just using themselves as bait. He has this idea uh, to get Kitty and Rogue on camera. So they all head out and this is a plan to lure Victor. So Evan, a teenage boy, takes Kitty and Rogue, two teenage girls, into the forest behind some bushes to record them dancing. (laughs) (laughs) But this was honestly a little bit of a a cute sequence. You know, the, what I'm doing in my mind is the gross part. You know, this, this was sort of cute because Evan's trying to get them to dance and you can see they both start, and Kitty's sort of confident, and Rogue is a little awkward, and Evan is like, touch Kitty to get her moves, just like, you know, a little tap. And so, you know, it was cute. Uh, they, they both started doing, doing the their, white girl dance. They're doing the white girl dance, where they're sort of almost touching their faces, and then they're touching each other's hands. And I think, I don't know for sure, because I was never into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, but yes. I think that these motions were copied uh, from from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show. I believe that is correct. I've seen all of Buffy, but like I don't remember this yeah. particular scene. But then the plan works, and Sabretooth runs in. So they start fighting. Kitty gets knocked out, and I think uh, I think she got thrown into Spike. And then Sabretooth grabs Rogue, and Rogue manages to touch Sabretooth. But then Logan runs in. And tackles him. And so it's funny when Rogue touches Sabretooth because you see uh, all of her body starts turning into fur. Her hair grows real long. Her nails grow real long. And her voice is really rough. And, and so everything's okay because, you know, they managed to take Sabretooth out. But Logan is pissed because Evan planned this to lure Sabretooth out so they could take care of him. And Logan is just like, oh, the three of them, the three of you are grounded. And I think Kitty was like, uh, for how long? Uh, and uh, he said something about, um, 
uh, until Furball over here like turns back to normal, and he's talking about Rogue. She looks so funny. It was really cute. So what are you going to do with Sabretooth now? He and I got unfinished business. <laughs> We're never going to find out what business they had together. I said that twice in this episode. It's always unfinished business, but we never know what the business. What did they the- have? Did they have like a PR agency or what? What what kind of business did they run together? Insurance. Were they in the mob? Yeah, it was insurance. <laughs> Were they an insurance company or did they like run a racket? No, it was a massage parlor called Rubabub. <laughs> oh god, that's good. Uh, but anyway, Logan is like he'll be cooling off. And it's funny because it's literally true. They drop him off in some frozen tundra and Victor can't remember anything. And Xavier is just sitting in the Blackbird, you know, looking creepily down at him as the hatch closes and it flies away. So obviously Xavier wiped his mind and his memory. So so great. So fine. That was tied up real nicely. Now, ultimately, the end of this episode was sort of cute because there's a little bit of development to Evan's character here. Right? I mean, the most spotlight we got was, you know, a couple of episodes ago, Speed and, Speed and Spike when he was introduced. And he was just kind of like angsty and rebellious, didn't want anybody's help, didn't want to listen to people. But finally at the end realized, you know, he needed some help to take on Pietro. But now here, his movie, this this is a film about what's important to him. And it's his family at the Institute. So, you know, he edited together a bunch of shots of, like, you know, the kids together, like Scott and Kurt watching the convertible and having fun, Logan doing some martial arts instruction with them, Xavier, you know, nothing like compromising to show that they're mutants. But, like, the sentiment was really sweet that he's got this new family at the Institute, especially after being against, completely against going there and, like, making fun of, like, Scott in the episode where he was introduced. You know, so, like, it's kind of happy, but at the same time, like, the dude was such, was still such a shit throughout this episode with his fucking voyeurism and his awful plan. So I had some, I had some issues with it, but, but I did love Kitty and Rogue dancing. I loved Sabretooth Rogue. I thought it was unintentionally hilarious when the X-Men were fighting Sabretooth and he could not be stopped and then the Dracula play was so silly their costumes when they're on stage with the Dracula you know being lowered in and the stupid song just repeating it over and over you got the vampire's blood like I don't even like know the words but it just kept repeating the same line over and over again. I know they they did not want to pay a musician to write an additional song for this. <laughs> I mean all that they had so far was okay they have one new theme song and then also they remixed the animated series intro. That's all they did. <laughs> So they're yeah. like, fuck, we have to create original music. Uh, okay, we'll pay for one line. <laughs> yeah, and Avalanche's one bendy note. I mean, no, no, no shade. There, there were there. Listen though, without spoiling too much, I think Patty, you may know this, but I'm sure yeah, the song. Uh, there's there, there's better songs like later on in the show, honestly. But at this point, yeah, they okay. So they hired a musician. <laughs> At some point, yeah, but clearly not yet. Like, honestly, after we watched and and before we started recording, 
like for half an hour, it was just stuck in my head. You got the vampires, bud. Like, and, and it's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the fucking night. So that's this episode. Some really bad behavior, but also a little funny. So there's Spike Cam. <laughs> I mean, obviously there were like mixed feelings. Also, when is the line when you can kink shame somebody for voyeurism? Because that's what I'm doing. I mean, I guess if it's non-consensual. Yes, <laughs> I think that's okay. the line. That's the line. Okay, well, yeah, so obviously there were like uh, mixed feelings about this episode for yeah. the most part. Uh, I wasn't crazy about it. I mean, I guess the movie that he was making at the end, like it was cute or whatever, but like I wasn't, I mean, I, I, I like make fun of this all the time about like, oh, it's the power of friendship. That's going to, you know, get us through. And it's the same thing over and over. And, you know, you see like every movie and TV show, it's like just like so cliche. I get that it's a children's show, though, so I can't come too hard. You know, I think that it was really stupid that he basically pinpointed on a map to Sabretooth where they lived. <laughs> um yeah. But then it was also stupid for him to try to fix that on his on his own. Like I I totally get that, like wanting to fix problems that you made on your own. Just like Wolverine was like, nobody fight him. He's mine. And they're like, are you are you fucking kidding me? He's on our lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Logan, this isn't your lawn. This is all of our lawn. Um <laughs> No, that's, you know, I mean, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, obviously the whole power of friendship thing is, is you know, a silly trope. Um, and, you know, like, canonically, like, no matter what universe you're in, Wolverine is typically like the loner type where I'm going to go get this done by myself. But especially with this show, you know, the dynamic is a little different. They're not all adults. And so you have these kids who have, like, a more innocent view of the world who are like, no, dude, we're going to fucking help you because that's what we do. You know, even though he's gruff, he's not quite as gruff as he as he is in the comics, as he was in the animated series at this point. And so they're going to help him. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of funny that Spike sort of felt the same way. He took after Logan in, in that in that respect. In that they're both spiky. <laughs> yeah. That they're both spiky and uh, they both want to do things sort of on their own. Logan wanted to take care of Sabretooth on his own. And when Evan fucked up, Evan was like, no, I'm going to fix this on my own. And the moral of the story is no, no matter what, you need help. And so it ending with family, you know, like literally that was the, that was like the movie, my family. And Evan is like, no, they're not my like blood family, but you know, they're my family. I mean, that's the truth. That's absolutely the truth. Uh, so in a way, it's 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 very much cliche. But I mean, it's also the X-Men. And I love the X-Men. And I like this show. And this first season, you know, really has some rough points, as we've clearly just discussed. But I but I do like it. So ultimately, I thought it was, you know, that there's a good message there. And good on you for pointing out you know, the similarities between Wolverine and Spike for for wanting to take care of things on their own. And oh, also <laughs> and also for being pointy. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode four in two weeks when we discuss survival of the fittest and shadowed past. And until then, the Star Wars program was right. Wait, no.